0: Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues.
1: I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life.
0: The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing.
1: This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle.
0: Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body Podcast, episode number 33, How to Set Healthy Realistic Goals.
1: So as is always the case, we've been talking for what?
0: Mm, An hour.
1: An hour. (laughs) We, We have got to stop doing that.
0: Oh, I don't know if like... At this point, like we know ourselves, we're not I going to stop.
1: We're not. I know that's <laughs> this that's is part a good of this point. episode. You're right. That is, yeah. know thyself. Being
0: realistic. <laughs> know thyself. I don't think we're going to stop unless we unless we were cool with having a less structured podcast. But I feel like our podcast is already not. Yeah, structured, I was going to say. So yeah, it's welcome. not
1: like we're coming in with a bunch of bullet points. You're
0: welcome. I guess. Yeah. That we don't well, that's record. Why we I don't know this
1: podcast. That's true. It was. Conversation.
0: It's true. You know? Yeah.
1: And the conversation that we've been having prior to this, it wasn't just really idle chit-chat, but it was about our own journeys and
2: mm-hmm.
1: how we have finally come to balance for ourselves. And we want to help you figure out how, how to set health-promoting realistic goals for yourself or... How to let it go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That's the subtext to the yes. title. Yeah. It's, you know, right.
0: It is. Well, and I, I think, you know, we talked about our journeys because we've been at the extremes. We've been at places where maybe we, and in our, our heart of hearts, we thought we were doing the right thing or we were setting I did. healthy goals or I know at times, you know, I had definitely deluded myself into that mm-hmm. way of thinking Um, Or because our culture, which we can probably talk a little bit about later, but like, you know, our culture makes this, um, or like it has this cultural ideal that you trying to be super thin is healthy. That's it. We equate the mm, two. Right. And so it's confusing. It is. And it's been a journey for us because it's so freaking confusing Mm -hmm. and we're hoping to like Help you not have to go through as maybe as long of a journey. Like we all have our journeys, but we're looking to help you see the difference. My
1: guess, Jenny, is that (laughs) everyone listening to this has been on this journey for a long time.
0: That's true.
1: Right? They've probably done all of the things, you know, to some degree or another that we've done, you know, extreme approaches, things that they knew weren't health promoting, just like. Well, I know I did. I'll just speak for myself. I know that I knew mm-hmm. many times, you know, binging and restricting. Oh, yeah. I didn't care about my health. Yeah. That was the least of my concerns.
0: Well, and at first, like, I, yeah, I knew that it wasn't health promoting. It was totally about weight stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think also getting into the journey of health, I had to figure oh, out yes. what's actually nourishing and healthy for me and mm-hmm. what is. Not, right, right. right. What is so maybe? So I yeah. guess
1: you know, kind of going back to to the beginning, what what we have been chatting about this morning is, not only is it in our power to decide if we want to make any changes, i I truly believe that we owe it. We have an obligation to decide mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: to really bring it out into the light, into our consciousness from an empowered perspective to say, you know what? I am healthy enough. I have good energy. I don't have to take up less space. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do any of the things. Sure, if someone could wave a magic wand and make me look a different way, sure, that'd be great. But I honestly, I don't have any interest Mm -hmm. in changing my eating habits. I don't want to put my... This isn't a priority for me.
2: Right. I don't
1: want to put my attention and energy here. Oh, my gosh, how remarkably liberating would that be for yes. so many people?
0: Yes. Because absolutely. they're trapped. Well, yes. And it's, it's how, where are you putting, I mean, we've talked about this before, but where are you putting your self-worth, right? Where are you finding what makes you feel mm-hmm. powerful and confident, you know? and right. You choosing not to make it about your aesthetics or how small you are yeah. is empowering.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we were talking about this morning, if if any other person came up to us and started berating us about our eating habits, our lack of willpower, our weakness, how gross our belly is, our thighs, our cellulite, mm-hmm. if someone came up and said that to us oh my gosh, our inner Xena the warrior would come out, right? We would be, oh, hell no. (laughs) No one talks to me like that. I own my worth. I am a powerful woman. I am a mother. I'm whatever. I'm all of these things that have nothing to do with my body. Mm -hmm. I almost think this is an exercise that we need to sort of think about for ourselves because we are letting that awful poisonous voice just waft into our brain
0: mm-hmm. subconscious
1: our subconscious all the time mm-hmm. whereas if we heard that out loud we wouldn't tolerate that for one hot minute mm-hmm. it's so true right and oh. and i think that that's if we are thinking about one of the things we were chatting about is coded language and again as you said jenny that Our society, it's kind of a nod, nod, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. We are equating health and a certain body shape and size. Oh, yeah. Right? Which changes throughout the decades Yeah. what that healthy body looks like. Right. Right? And so if we can bring this out into the open and consciously separate those two out, get clear. Okay. Do I really want and deserve more energy. Do I have a health condition? Maybe it's diabetes, pre-diabetes, an autoimmune condition, depression, right? Something that could definitely be helped by, you know, maybe eating more vegetables, getting my blood sugar regulated, that kind of thing. Okay, do I have a tangible goal like that? that? That really is a worthwhile thing to be thinking about. Then I think you're at legit place to start sitting down and making a plan Mm -hmm. or, you know, embarking on some changes. But as we were talking about, if you are sitting there and you're thinking, no, I don't have all of my health markers are good. I feel good. I don't have joint pain, all the things, Mm -hmm. but you're thinking, you know, I just like to feel better in my own skin. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'd like to feel more confident or sexier or... Visible, whatever. You're not, no, you're not in the right room where the work needs to be done.
0: Nope, not at all.
1: Right? That's when you need to go see Jenny.
0: <laughs> and by Jenny, she means a the therapist. A
1: therapist, right? Okay, not necessarily Jenny.
0: Not necessarily me, even though I do see people. But you need to see it,
1: someone but, who yeah. can talk about this knowledgeably. Yes right? That's has Maybe even if they're not in, you know, body image specialist or whatever, but they at least have done their own work because, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about is I know for me as a coach, I have to check in with myself very frequently Mm -hmm. and make sure that I am not using coded language, that I am not unconsciously buying in to that, you know, social construct that you have to look a certain way to be, quote-unquote, healthy. Like, I have to always go back and make sure. Because, of course, I was steeped in that for my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've done that healing work, but I have to check in very frequently. Yes. Right?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, yeah, we. I think that it's being a good steward of, like, being in this field at all
2: mm-hmm.
0: is doing self work where you're checking in and making sure that you aren't going back to that place that you are in a good space with yourself and that you're not equating your own body stuff with like your confidence or how mm-hmm. you feel in your skin yeah. or you know we did a, a kind of a practice exercise earlier saying like you know well what if we what if we gain 20 to 30 pounds everything all else the same like our eating habits or our, our relationship everything else the same like but what if our bodies just naturally were heavier like yeah our genetics how would that feel what would that be like you know could we could we be okay in that right because I do think that you know I want to have empathy and keep it real that you know for some of us we do have different genetics where we land when Mm -hmm. we are in a healthy space Mm -hmm. and how we're good stewards of ensuring that we are promoting that even if we genetically happen to fall in a space where we are on the thinner side or whatever that looks like, right? Um, and knowing that, like, you know, we could still feel good about ourselves and not make it about body composition at the end of the day. I yeah. mean, at least I feel – I'm not saying i am I'm an imperfect, infallible human being in this area at all, but I do feel, like, 99% confident that I would still be – living my life, Mm -hmm. how I am right now, given that. And I'm not saying that there wouldn't be any circumstance or anything that would ever get at me because, you know, we're all human. Like, I don't know what life will throw my way. But I've had to go through a lot of work where I was on the other end of that Mm -hmm. before, and therapy work, like you mentioned. I mean, there's deeper work there to be done where your confidence is unshakable Mm -hmm. and it's not about – and confidence in knowing yourself and being proud of, like, like, I'm proud of how I eat. It's not that I eat, I don't eat perfectly and I have flexibility, but I'm proud of my relationship with food and I'm proud of my relationship to working out and I'm proud of my relationship to nourishing Can I ask a question myself. about that
1: though? When yeah. you say proud, I think mm-hmm. you mean proud to yourself, right? To You're myself. not proud to other people. No, I don't right. care. Okay.
0: Because I'm sure there's other people that would look, I mean, there are other people that would look at my diet or my exercise and, and change things or push me to yeah, I have more? a lot of opinions. Is this a good time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not open to them. Um, no, and this is like the self-validating thing. That's what I think. Like true, yeah. true confidence is self-validating. It's not you needing other people to tell you you're doing good. It's you yeah. saying like, based on my own beliefs and values, yeah, girl, I'm doing great. Like I feel good well, about the, that. Well, and it all goes back to
1: what we've we've discussed so many times that we have to heal our relationship with us with ourselves, right? That's what this is about. Mm -hmm. Before we can head off to heal something, we need to make sure that we're healing the right things. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say that you can't start nourishing yourself at the same time that you're doing maybe some therapy work or self-image work, body image work, that kind of thing. You know, you, you don't have to start with with therapy necessarily. But if you are someone who goes straight over to the control side, which I know I am, mm-hmm. and I should have definitely, in retrospect, started there because, you know, I've talked so often about how discovering the paleo diet, that gave me, quote unquote, permission to nourish myself, to set body composition to the side, mm-hmm. that the the emphasis here is on healing my body from the inside out, Mm -hmm. right? So this was the entry point. Mm
2: -hmm. This wasn't
1: the end point. It was the entry point to me jettisoning dieting forever, that calories are no longer king, that, okay, I'm going to focus on nutrition, on sleep, on, and again, part of the paleo sort of lifestyle ideal is that we're talking about the whole human Mm -hmm. you know, setting healthy boundaries and that kind of thing. But, but again, because I'm me, I went, I took it to the extreme. So Mm -hmm. I went ultra low carb, keto. And yes, I did get very lean. I also completely tanked my thyroid, my gut health, my sleep. I I had insomnia for a year. I mean, massive insomnia. I bottomed out. So but again, sometimes those <laughs> rock bottom places, that was really my wake up call to, yes, okay, I'm, I'm going to continue with this nourishing template, but I am going to completely block out what seems to be working for other people. And in the paleo community, it's a lot of male voices or it was when I got into it yeah. in 2012 yep. and I had to block out because what they weren't bringing to the journey was a lifetime of dieting, of body shame, of putting all of my self-worth in the bucket of what the scale says.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: They All of their recommendations were just strategy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, all of this. And, and again, kind of under the guise of health.
0: Right.
1: Which, you know, is insidious. And so I had to literally start kind of from scratch and say, okay, I'm going to figure out, what makes me feel good?
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: know, Jenny, what food I liked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Genuinely. You know, and again, I, I, I have some food restrictions because of gluten and dairy sensitivities. So I have, I have a little narrower lane, but I have really finally leaned into my own, figuring out my own preferences. Not feeling panicked that I'm not going to get my needs met. Mm-hmm. Which caused me to overeat and binge,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? That mm-hmm. sense of, even if I wasn't restricting it at the time, it's the sense of impending restriction. That, you know, you and I are in this place now, and I think have been for some time, where we're able to moderate, mm-hmm. with things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. I'll be curious about your trajectory on that, but. That certainly wasn't where I started. I feel like you kind of earn moderation by healing.
0: Yeah. Well, and and the way I describe it with people is it's kind of like the pendulum swing where, like, if you're already going to the extreme of one side, like, the momentum usually brings you to, like, before you get to center, you kind of have to swing into the other side a little bit, swing back, swing into the other. And I feel like for most people, maybe it's not quite that, you know, cookie cutter, but it's something along those lines where it's, like, Usually, you play along the peripheries before you find your balance. I like mean, that. I like really that, I like that image
1: because it's not just one <clears throat> pendulum swing each direction. Right. I like that.
0: Right. And it, I mean, even like, I do like to think of like our emotional sphere and like, not to get too like sciencey, but physics is really fascinating. And this idea that we could put, be putting this much emotional energy into something and then all of a sudden find balance, like, it doesn't really make sense from a physics perspective that you'd be putting... Like you'd be doing extremes, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it'd be balanced. Like it, yeah. it makes more sense that you kind of maybe flirt into the other side of the extreme, come back, and then slowly get into balance.
1: Okay, so let me play on that for a second. That's interesting because what you know you can't see Jenny, but her pendulum is slowing down and slowing down mm-hmm. as it comes back to balance. Mm-hmm. I do think that's part of this
0: mm-hmm.
1: is slowing down. Yeah. We have, we come to this with this sense of urgency and crisis and clenched fear, right? Right. That, and again, that can either cause us to be obsessed with macros or it can cause us to just hide from the whole thing altogether. But that image that you just, you know, showed, I feel like that's where you're tuning in, in That slower pace, we're able to tune in. How is my body responding? Mm -hmm. Do I like this? Mm -hmm. Does this taste good? Do I, you know, can I slow down a little bit and really enjoy? Mm
0: -hmm. Does that? No, it totally makes sense because I do think the extremes are fueled by anxiety, right? And anxiety is a lot of like, yeah, like that crazy energy of like, ah, like. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's something to it. Like, and I, I don't know why people think, you know, it's so funny in our anxiety, we're thinking we can go from like A to B. And I'm like, you can't go from like crazy anxiety to like finding your balance and slowing down without having Mm -hmm. to kind of go through that pendulum swing even a little bit. You know, I just don't think that that's really like we were talking about in our title, realistic. It's not realistic. Mm -hmm. And to kind of Expect that to be part of the journey. It's mm-hmm. good knowing that you're kind of, you're on the right path, mm-hmm. even if it's not, again, that linear direction straight to balance. It's right. not going to be straight to balance.
1: It Honestly, <laughs> I think we'll be finding new balance for the rest of our life.
0: Right. It's a
1: matter of learning how to tune in.
0: Right. And I do naturally, like, what I've been learning with, like, I have talked to you a little bit about RODBT and stuff, is that I do think we'll naturally kind of always kind of veer towards one side or the other, and then maybe in different phases of our life go to the other side. But no one's ever perfectly really in balance, and that's okay. But it's more of, like, being able to be on the periphery of that balance in a way that functions best for you. Well, Um,
1: life is always in flux. We, we never arrive at any end point. I right. mean, that's when we're done. Right. Right? It's being willing to be fluid and flexible and to iterate mm-hmm. as we go, but we cannot do that if we are constantly focused on what seems to be working for other people. Right. Someone's doing some quick fix, you know, rip the Band-Aid off approach and, you know, our, our mind is just constantly grabbing at the next new extreme thing. And we seem to naturally overvalue the very complicated, very restrictive approaches. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And again, that's where we have to tune in and say, what's realistic? What is the pace, the level of flexibility, the level of attention that realistically I am willing and able to give knowing myself as I do. Right. And then tuning in to okay, how is my body responding to this? Am I am I overly restricting myself and then I go overboard later? Right? And then of course we make a meaning about our character or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it's again stepping back and being able to be more gentle, more curious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But part of it, you you had mentioned before we started recording that. This is much more possible to have this dialogue with ourselves when we are surrounding ourselves with other people. Like, say, say say, what you were talking about before.
0: Oh, you mean, like, having exposure? To yes. Differ- so, like, for me, I think the reason why I can easily say, like, I'm okay with my body, if it were to have just randomly, you know, to accumulate weight and I still have the same habits that I have... It's because I've had exposure to women and people of different body shapes and body sizes. And even in my, like, I feel like I'm protective of what I do consume on social media when I do consume it, because to be honest, right now, it's minimal. But um, when I do consume it, and when I did like originally consume it a lot more, I was really seeking to find examples of, of powerful women doing cool things that did have different body shapes. So my brain was even kind of subconsciously getting that exposure mm-hmm. to different things and knowing, like, wow, this is a person that's powerful and wonderful and they don't have, like, the crazy ideal body type and they're still sexy and, like, human and awesome. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. It's just, like, being having exposure to that mm-hmm. is incredibly power because, powerful because the other thing is we do constantly have exposure to the opposite, at least with social media, mm-hmm. um, where, all we see are examples of society. Well, ideals. and the more you
1: click on things, the more
0: <clears throat> social yeah. media is
1: going to show you that type exactly. of thing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So the algorithms are not in your favor if you're constantly looking at diet plans. and.
0: Yeah, and again, like, you could be the smartest person. You could be a body image specialist like myself. Totally. And totally. guess what? I'm still susceptible. My subconscious mm-hmm. is still totally impacted by only having exposure to certain mm-hmm. things. But, yeah, like I feel very fortunate that I have a lot of women in my life, like real, like tangible, mm-hmm. I like, can touch women that are different body shapes and sizes that are amazing and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We just, it's it's the exposure. No,
1: I, that's absolutely true. So, you know, that's important both in real life and online. And, again, if if let's say you've kind of embarked on some kind of a health, health health goal but it's really disguised as you just want to take up less space be smaller right you don't necessarily have a health goal so you maybe joined a boot camp or something like that so you're going places where the other women are also in fear mode Mm -hmm. maybe they're not necessarily losing weight because who knows what they're doing you know in their own private shame caves Right, Right? but that's what everyone is, that's the metric upon which everyone's judging themselves, therefore one another, so everyone's commenting on one another's bodies, oh, have you lost weight, Mm
0: -hmm. right, or oh, look how good you look, have you lost, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Right, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's not health that anyone's really seeking in that scenario, so that's where we have a responsibility to step back and say, is this nourishing me, is this helpful, Is this helping me grow and heal as a well-rounded, balanced human? Especially those of us that are parents for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you know, Jenny and I were talking about, you know, our moms dieting. And, of course, they weren't trying to pass along anything Mm -mm. to us. But, you know, just being exposed to that constantly is going to impact your kids, both, you know, male and female. Yeah. Right? And so... I do feel like we have a responsibility to decide, to choose consciously, Mm -hmm. to stop sitting in this gap because so many of us are sitting in this place of frozen inertia where we feel like we absolutely should get this quote unquote disgustingness off of us, Mm -hmm. but then we don't really have a toolbox to deal with our emotions. We're over-functioning for other people, like the rest of our life is so frenetic and unbalanced that, okay, then we go soothe with fast food or whatever it is. And then we feel even more ashamed and out of alignment. And you just feel stuck and frozen. And how many women have we worked with, Jenny, that are just so successful in like all realms of their life, but they feel like this is one just... Skeleton in their
2: closet.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so many, and how many I've seen that like feel horrible about themselves, and they're like these amazing humans doing badass stuff. That's it. Um, I want to de identify this, so I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I was a ama- ma-well, so I started working with somebody who has an eating disorder, mm-hmm. just as like a prime example, um, and you know, feels lack of self-confidence, all the things that typically go with, with having a, an eating disorder, um, typically. And she, like, does really cool things on a global level, like, in the sense that, like, she's got these great um, aspirations. And she's very talented with languages Mm -hmm. and knows how to speak multiple languages. And that's something I've always admired. I took seven years of Spanish, and I'm still not fluent. Like, (laughs) I am not a naturally Gifted language learner. I do hope to someday become fluent by immersing myself in that culture. But, um, but yeah, I'm just kind of laughing in my head because I'm like, yeah, I took, like, seven years. And when I went to Ecuador, I was still having to really mumble through things and, and translate. And, uh, yeah, anyway, long story short, I admire that so much. But it's, like, those cool things that people are doing and, like, the cool gifts they have in all these other areas, it's, like, that, none of that holds any funny enough word Mm -hmm. (laughs) weight to them right when it comes to how they feel about well and again
1: she didn't invent that no I didn't invent that right Mm -hmm. when we're steeped in that as little girls yes we look
0: so pretty well in middle school too I mean I'm reminded constantly how much it even starts and I mean maybe even earlier for some people but middle school people start talking about other people's bodies and just even that phase, I mean, that is very influential so very for a lot of the people I work with, mm-hmm. that phase of middle school and what mm-hmm. was said to them, or how they perceive themselves based on what other people talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, can we just erase middle school?
2: I know. Well,
1: well, you know, of course, a big part of that is we're trying to figure out our, our identity, right. but at the same time, all of our hormones are fluctuating, and we're going through puberty and so I know for me I had massive stretch marks on my white skin Mm -hmm. I had these purple streaky stretch marks all over you know they faded over the years but at the time I was mortified changing and you know I shared in my coaching group yesterday about a girl when I was a freshman in high school and she yelled across the locker room asking me if my boyfriend had clawed me during you know sex. Wow. Yeah. I didn't have a boyfriend. I, I mean, it was, you know, the weirdest. scarring experience mm-hmm. as you can imagine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but no, it's, it's the toughest <laughs> time. And I know yeah. for many of us as women, that's when this disordered relationship with food and body began. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's why I launched that conversation in my coaching group yesterday, because I wanted to share some of those formative experiences for me that, completely I was very successful as a student. I was active, I did, you know, all you know, I had all of these other gifts and talents. Oh, they didn't count though really. And and then I was telling you that in seventh grade I got mono and when I came back to school a month and a half later I had lost quite a bit of weight and I got so much affirmation. Mm
2: -hmm. Even though
1: I was still sick and was sick for probably a year. But that people, that's part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Is that even if we're doing these totally not health promoting, extreme approaches, even if we set out to get healthier, then all of a sudden we get terrified because we're getting all of this positive feedback from people and then you're just terrified that you're going to lose it. That's when we start getting weird about macros.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: okay, I started out just trying to feel better, you know, mm-hmm. get some energy back, get some joint pain gone. Now, all of a sudden, my goals have changed
2: mm-hmm. and now
1: I'm getting out the fat calipers.
0: Yep. I'm going to measure about, my body
1: fat percentage and, yep. you know, how I far mean, can it just, I go
0: without even having like a realistic or like even a number? That's the, mm-hmm. that's the scary part. When you don't even have a number, like that's, that yeah. you needed to There's see the no money. Yeah. There's no <laughs> like, endpoint. That's pretty much like a, yeah. if there is no endpoint, that's a yeah. huge red
1: line. One, of, one of the things that we're going mm-hmm. to put in the show notes is uh, Precision Nutrition has a fantastic article called The Cost of Getting Lean. Mm-hmm. And it helps people get clear in the visuals of, you know, shows men and women at different body fat percentages mm-hmm. and talks about what's required to both attain and sustain. That level, and of course, it gets increasingly weird,
0: yeah. Well, and I love it because it's a little bit like I, at least for me, I kind of found it a little funny because they were so real. They're like, You may have to isolate and lose friendships, and totally <laughs> like they were keeping exactly. it so, so real. And I'm like, It's so funny because I know when people are begin this journey, they never think about that. Like, of course, they'd be like, Of course, I don't want to lose friendships and isolate, but it's like that insidious, mm-hmm. like slowly they start to get more obsessed with it and they isolate or, you know, have these extreme changes Mm -hmm. of their world that they never even signed up for in the first place.
1: That's it. It It was never the goal at the outset. And that's why, you know, it's, it's a big hairy topic when, you know, we titled this episode, how to set healthy, realistic goals. There's a lot underneath that, because if you are lugging to that starting line, this poisonous treasure chest of horrible experiences and shame and frustration and things people said and a lack of worthy inherent worthiness
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not like you're just coming to learn a new skill right. that you've never done before mm-hmm. right I was, I was telling Jenny that I'm I'm trying to figure out how to replace some windowsills at my house and Gosh, I just went to Home Depot and I got some supplies. I'm like, yeah, I've never done this before. And I don't know exactly how it will all go, but I know how to start. Mm -hmm. And I'll just take the first step and I'll figure it out as I go along. But guess what? I'm not bringing 30 years of shame and, you know, someone (laughs) being literally like,
0: do you know how to make windows? Sheila knows how to make (laughs) windows. (laughs) Like, why don't you know how to make windows, right? (laughs) But that's like really, oh my God. that's really what's happening Can't in our brain. can like Sheila? Sheila does this. Oh my God. So, Sheila, Sheila's yeah. beautiful and confident. Sheila has everything. Oh my God. she got her window shit
1: exactly. together. So, <laughs> you know, it, freed, it frees me up to have fun with it and figure it out as I go along. But, you know, again, if we're thinking, okay, I just want a fresh start. I'm, I'm going to start over. I'm going to let go of dieting. And that's what we talk about is, okay, how to approach nourishing ourselves without getting obsessive and weird about it. But it's pretty hard to do that without actively jettisoning out loud.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, some, it's almost like burning sage mm-hmm. to get rid of the poison juju of all. And, and again, that's not going to happen overnight and you may need help. I know I did but I didn't get it right away. You know, I, I definitely took a circuitous route to healing. I guess I want to go back and and reiterate one point that you said, Jenny, and that's that you and I have kind of, okay, so we're in a good balanced place, right? I think both of us have a really good relationship with food, Mm -hmm. with lifestyle, with our body, you know, and that that kind of thing. I think we're finally in a really good place. Um, but naturally, genetically, our bodies naturally settled out mm-hmm. at a fairly lean, yeah, you know, whatever, body composition. Right. But that is not always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And I know for many women that I work with, we do all the same things that I've done, and their, their body weight just naturally settles out, you know, maybe 30, 40 pounds higher. Mm-hmm. And they feel great, they they look great, all the things, like it's all good. But, you know, it, I do sometimes feel a little bit funny about the fact that, okay, do we, you know, do people perceive us as authoritative on this topic? Because naturally our bodies, through no fault of our own,
0: <laughs> yeah. settled out yeah, in a I lower mean, we weight. Yeah, we the mean, genetics either way. So.
1: Right, I mean... You know, yeah. I I know that you were really in a health crisis because of anorexia, and mm-hmm. I was in a health crisis multiple times over mm-hmm. the years on either direction because of all kinds of you know fallout from my crazy undernourishing, over restriction, overeating, binging, all the things. Not mm-hmm. to mention just massive depression and anxiety. Yeah. You know, so. It is amazing, but I will tell you, just as you said, I will affirm what you said. That if my body naturally did settle out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: thirty pounds heavier, and it may.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Gosh, I'm fifty-one. It probably like, will. I
0: know what's going right? to happen in the and next so, couple
1: decades. Exactly. Like, so I'm still 40. doing that work, but it's an open yeah. dialogue with my husband, and that that allows me space to heal. He's not giving me permission.
2: No.
1: He doesn't need to. You know, he loves me, but it's a, just an open conversation and it's helpful to have that because I think many of us as women, whether we're in a long-term relationship or not, I think that we're over here assuming what our partners, potential partners, future partners, what will they think, what do they think Mm -hmm. instead of being vulnerable enough to have these conversations.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. And ultimately, knowing that, like, I mean, I mean, there's there's layers of this, but I what I'm working on right now is self validation because I struggle with that a lot, and getting to a point where I'm very good at saying, you know, even if my partner did prefer me to be at a certain body type, weight, whatever, that I'm okay with not being that, and standing in like what I feel is good and like. Or just wherever my body is naturally, even if I don't, you know, always love it every day. Because that's not the point. The point is not loving where our bodies are at every day. It's about having a good relationship with it where we're like, this is it is what it is, and I still get to be sexy and feel good about myself. Like and, we and giving know ourselves from permission other people, to do that.
1: That's what we perceive. Right.
0: Well, right? And how much yeah, well, and we were talking about this earlier, like how much we can be so and for the most part, I really do believe that. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm making a generalization here, so I apologize if I am, but I do feel like most men don't give a crap, and if anything, are like, more to love, like, how you carry yourself is That's way it. more important than That's what I'm saying. It's and like, how you perceive yourself. Yeah. Right? We teach
1: people how to perceive us. Right. And it's even, how we come across.
0: Exactly. And, you know, my partner has preferences and things, like, and even, like, my hair color or whatever, and I, I'm like, you know, if I want to do that, cool, and if I don't. Like, I'm just going to do what makes me feel good in my skin so I can carry myself in a way that I feel good about. And Mm -hmm. I I genuinely do think that our relationship holds more weight than, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's drawn and more attracted to, like, my essence than, like, physically. He's not thinking about the little stuff that we all get caught up in our head about. But
1: but we cause problems Mm -hmm. because we do. Yeah. We infuse...
0: We project Probably. that, on, we project we it onto our partners. We, we project it onto them.
1: Because it's just partner, like how we judge other people right? about things we and judge ourselves
0: I, on. you know, again, my partner does that to me, too, at times, too. Like, I, I'm less, like, I don't, I guess, and I think maybe just asking yourself this, too, like, how much were you caught up in your own partner's, like, body fat percentage or whatever? Like, I'm sure you're just like, whatever, I love you. And it yeah, I mean, if it's, I just, I just think we get so caught up in that and forget you know, that really that's about our own stuff. And it's not about, well, that's, our partner. that's
1: the heart of it right there. It really is. And it's so funny because I, I think I talked about this, I don't know, a couple months ago in our podcast, I was talking about that trip that we took to Florida last fall mm-hmm. and where I was just, I'm going to sit how I'm going to sit. Like I'm looking at my husband and He's sitting there, and, you know, he's not overweight, but, of course, he's got some rolls on his stomach when he sits like a normal human. Any
0: person. I feel like most of us do. Right? And I just
1: think about how we, as women, like, contort ourselves and stretch Mm -hmm. on the beach so Mm -hmm. that there's no folds or anything. And it was so (laughs) liberating. This was the first time that I consciously, like, I'm going to sit how I would sit if I had a shirt on. Yeah. You know, my husband's over there. He doesn't care about his like look at him I'm channeling my inner Adam (laughs) seriously it's like he doesn't care and he he perceives me as sexy when I am sexy yeah and that's when I'm not over here sniveling to myself about whatever stupid thing I've decided to obsess about that is so navel gazy and life wasting
0: yes Yep, I I really think that we where just we've need gotta to
1: step up.
0: Look, at, that's our our stuff most of the time. I'd say obviously there are some toxic men out there for sure, but like, I'd say for most of us, well, it's and really that's about how you're gonna us. get clearer. Well, yeah, and if, if you stay in that relationship with a toxic man, that's, I mean, if someone is yeah.
1: berating you about your weight
0: and making the relationship about your weight, then.
1: And that is a. I'm, I know that. I know thing. that. I know
0: it is too. And
1: that's I, a, I have
0: heard people say comments before that I'm like, yeah, I would never date you in a million years because of the comment you made.
1: That is emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Let's be real clear on what that is.
0: Well, and I, I think it's. I think it's about not only emotional abuse, but it just shows the, like, emotional maturity of that person and, like, where they are where they can go emotionally and, like, the work they have to be done. Because I knew that the person that I'm talking about, that, like, they made a comment about how they'd only date women who were blah, blah, blah. And to me, I was like, I feel like that's just showing how much you're hung oh, up on that stuff, you know what I mean, like, it yeah, was really, a right, lot it was about, about mm-hmm. them, and, like, the stuff they needed to work on, and I was just, like, if you know that from the get-go, or if you find that out later, I mean, because sometimes we do find out shit later, but it's about, you know, being able to say, okay, I'm gonna, like, knowing, like, I don't want to be with a partner who is. If they really are, like, hung up on my weight and, like, that being about I feel, I feel, our emotional safety, right? Like, yeah, I
1: feel a lot more dramatic about it than yeah. that. I, I'm like, I, we don't need to have any other conversation. You've mm-hmm. told me everything I need to know. Bye-bye.
0: Right, right.
1: I would be in the wind so fast I can't even.
0: Right, right. No, I But we've done that imagine. work, so we're kind of in that space. And I'm, I'm trying to have empathy because I know that, like, you know, yeah. it's. No person's perfect, but I do think the more that you do this work, you will find out if that's, if your partner and you have those major differences, because you will outgrow your partner. I I do think
1: though, just as we started this conversation, if someone were to, even if you haven't done this work, even before I did any of this work, if someone had said this to me out loud to my face, Mm -hmm. it would have been crystal clear to me. I, I know for myself, I'm just yeah, thinking for no. me. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: that's a good oh, point. Oh,
1: there is no way. I would have seen that so clearly for what it was.
0: Right. That yeah. that,
1: I would never have tolerated that in a way mm-hmm. that I tolerated it for myself.
0: Right. For that's decades. That's true.
1: But I, oh, there is no way. I, that's and again, that's, that's my personality is I'm kind of a cut and dried person as far as what I will put up with you know,
0: this is true. I can vouch for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I for with my kids where I still, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of progress though. I'd like to give you guys out there an update on that. I was <laughs> talking about my leaky boundaries with my kids and
0: no, that's improving
1: great. and everyone's doing well.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, I love that you share these parts of yourself with people and with me. I feel honored that you do because we're both human and we have we both have our things that we're like we can laugh about with each other because we're like you're quirky in this way I'm quirky in that way and um you know sometimes I put up with too much right sometimes I don't say no soon enough like usually I will say no at some point but I can let shit happen for a real long time for sure yeah (laughs) I can I can really withstand pain and, and have disinhibition but um but, I mean, that's not, like, a good thing. You know, it's funny how in our heads we no, think that not. a glorified thing, but it is no. not. And it's no, my not husband dirty. always
1: teases me. He said, if you had as firm of boundaries with your girls as you do with me, boy. You know, and so, you know, I'm using that as a metric yeah, to really gauge, okay, what am I letting slide that is not helpful to either them or I, and that's that's made a big difference. But, but I guess... You know, we should probably wrap this up. But
0: Coming back to the podcast.
1: (laughs) Right, coming back to the podcast. But (laughs) seriously, like we're all out here trying to figure stuff out, but we've got to be having the right conversations. Yeah. If all we're saying is set a health goal, make a meal plan, go to the gym, oh my gosh, you are dragging so much awful baggage to that process that, that so much fear and shame and... Anger, mm-hmm. and massive amounts of anger, and you know, more than you know, you've got some unpacking work to do. If you have, you know, kind of gotten clear that, yeah, I do want to make some changes, just start. Yeah, just start. You learn by taking action, just focus on today. You don't need to think 50 steps ahead you don't need to think oh my gosh but what about the weekend what about that wedding what about the trip that's coming up what can I do today to nourish and take care of myself that's all you need to think about breathe take the first step Yes. right it's by taking action that we start to you know figure out what really helps what's helpful to us and what's sustainable to us and don't get worked up if okay you're gonna make a mistake hashtag human mm-hmm. and like again, like we all joke about, did you commit a federal crime? Did you know?
0: Yes, I did.
1: Okay. Well if you did, then <laughs> I'm gonna I'm doing a citizen's arrest after we get off. But you know, I was thinking about it. I, I wanted to go back really quick and you know when you were saying that you took seven years of Spanish but you feel like you're not fluent. I'm not. I know, but yeah. you know why, Jenny? It's like, okay, this is my equivalent. Okay, okay I'm gonna I'm gonna overgeneralize but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna use this. Yeah. Let's do so it. Think about how much time we used to spend researching diets, planning out these elaborate meal plans, workout plans. How much weight could I lose if I follow these macros and calories? Mm-hmm. Thinking now, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, oh my God, I should be like a PhD
0: in, in dieting. dieting, right? Oh, okay, I see where you're going.
1: Okay, yeah. But you didn't actually do anything, do it. right? And Not that's the point. difference. Like if you had have gone and lived in... Mexico City.
0: Yeah, my vocab is awesome. Exactly. But no, there's
1: fear and embarrassment about I speaking out loud. But I haven't actually practiced it, that's it, so I'm
0: like, oh, I no. can't draw those words together quick enough. But if you gave me time, I could write really well. Um, yeah, but that's not useful when you're just trying to talk to a person in real time. So yeah. I like that. That's when a great metaphor. When you need
2: to,
1: don't be a style, banyo. <laughs>
0: yeah. So think.
1: see, you're still far, far more proficient than I am. No. But that's, I mean, that's what I would say. If you are thinking, you know what? I am ready to make some changes. I've done this work. I've really figured out that the, I have a clear why. I have an autoimmune condition. I have mm-hmm. Crohn's, ulcerative colitis. Rheumatoid arthritis, like this matters. I need to make some changes, but I'm not doing it. You're overcomplicating it. Mm -hmm. Like I know this is a different podcast, but simple is what works. You Mm -hmm. don't need to have it be perfect or planned out forever. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: One choice, then the next choice, then the next choice. But again, we tend to undervalue. You're like, gosh, what's the point of eating a healthier breakfast when I don't even have the day mapped out or I don't, you know, is that even worth it? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I think that's really the underlying question: Is it worth it to not go to Chick Fil A and have a home cooked breakfast instead? It's like, okay, this is the the this is the starting line that actually works
0: mm-hmm. is
1: to not undervalue each
0: each little choice. thing that you do. Or yeah. you know, I mean, it's sometimes again the tiniest things. Like, did you go to Chick Fil A, but instead of getting soda, you got water, or is. you know, unsweetened tea, like seriously No. you know
1: That's yeah bad. they they all add up so mm-hmm. so yeah i don't we, this might have been a little bit of a bait and switch podcast in terms of nice. the title but it's really deciding do i even want to set a goal and if i am is it under the is it a health goal but insidiously it's really i need to be smaller in order to be acceptable goal mm-hmm. you got to figure it out Got to figure out what your motivation is.
0: Yeah, it's got to, I feel like the overarching theme is it's got to come from the real place and it's got to be in real time. Yeah. Real time. Like a realistic time frame. Oh, yes. Right? When you're doing the extremes, it's likely, that's just like code for it not being about the right place. And again, I'm going to only asterisk this in the sense of like a very big compelling medical reason, like, you know. I don't know, cancer, epilepsy, something like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is really going to change your life. To right. you extreme? Mm-hmm. Otherwise,
1: no. 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 <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> i got
0: one word for you.
1: No. no. Life is so much better <laughs> at this balanced place. But again, yeah. just like your pendulum analogy, which I love, it really, it's not going to, you're not going to go straight to the perfect balanced place. You're yeah. going to mess around for a while. Be okay with that, you know. But again, that's where having a supportive community, you know, both in real life and or online and surrounding yourself with people who are doing good things in the world and not putting all of their self-worth eggs in the how does my body look to you basket
0: mm-hmm.
1: or any of that. Or,
0: you know, and I'm going to asterisk this because I've seen this, in my field or my like the CrossFit world sometimes or the workout world who's competing the best or doing the best um, performance like I feel like that's another that's a wolf in sheep's clothing of how thin are you or whatever right Right. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I don't know we need to take a whole bunch of deep breaths and own our worth it this is about again healing reparenting ourselves giving ourselves the things that we didn't get Yeah. You know, when we were younger and knowing that we're worth it. So Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll leave it there for now and then, you know, we'll we'll love to have your feedback and see what's resonating for you and you know which pieces of these, you know, we should go deeper into. But this is the work that matters. This is you being in the right room. Yes. Right. Agreed. So all right.
0: All right. Until
1: next time, take good care of yourself and be nice to yourselves.
0: Sounds good. Until next time.